Beautiful people, what is going on? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Quarterly Report Podcast. And of course, I am your host, Armand Lee, thanking each and every one of you for rocking with me for another week. Super Bowl Sunday is in the books, and man, there's a lot to get to. My cousin, Cousin Deke, is making his triumphant return. He's going to let me and y'all know if I'm crazy with some of the takes that I have. And yo, I've got a rack of them this week. I Trust me, you're not going to want to miss that. Plus, y'all Bama job pissed me off this week, man. All month long, I've been trying to get everyone ready, get everyone prepared for the All-Star game and the All-Star lineups, right? But of course, the NBA and NBA Twitter went straight to hell last Thursday as there were some quote-unquote snubs who weren't afraid to voice their frustrations and tag in some people who have nothing to do with basketball. We're going to break down all of that. Plus, I fix, this is a solution-oriented podcast, so I am going to fix what is wrong with the NBA All-Star game. You're not going to want to miss that. But first, our number one topic this week, the 100th season of the NFL has now been completed. It is in the history books. As the Kansas City Chiefs win Super Bowl 54 by the score of 31 to 20. Uh, The game was much more exciting than the final score would indicate. But I'm not here to break down the X's and O's. I don't come to me for that for that type of stuff. I hope you don't. What I'm going to do, though, is kind of break down kind of my lasting impression of Super Bowl 54. And without a doubt, it is Kyle Shanahan choking on the biggest stage again i have heard so much bail for kyle shanahan slim y'all have to stop it again like you know a few weeks ago we kind of talked about it you know the, the the saying is quarterbacks they get all of the credit when things go well and they get all of the blame when things go poorly and i identified how that's just not true if you are a beloved quarterback and things go poorly They will find every excuse in the book for you. Case in point, Eli Manning. We touched on that last week. I'm not going to relitigate the point. But similarly, there has been this infatuation with the young, genius, offensive-minded quotes, right, or guru. Last year was Sean McVay. Now what? They scored six points in the Super Bowl last year, the Rams. Missed the playoffs altogether this year. Then... It was about Jared Goff and, you know, Ty Gurley and all the, they fired Wade Phillips, despite the fact that the Rams defense improved this season, right? We'll find every reason in the book to, to lay fault at anyone else with the exception of the young wonderkin. You understand the, the, the offensive guru, the pretty boy, the golden boy, much like the case when it comes to certain quarterbacks. Doesn't matter what happened. Doesn't matter if Tom Brady played well this year, right? He didn't have any weapons. He had a great defense, had a nice running game, just didn't have any weapons. So that's why the Patriots lost. Not because Tom Brady didn't play well. Drew Brees falls apart in the postseason for the second year in a row. And it's the refs. (laughs) You know, we do this every year with the quote-unquote golden boy quarterbacks. And it's nothing new. But the And I don't even have fault with that, right? Because maybe it's just because we've been conditioned. I've been conditioned to know, all right, man, if you achieve a certain level, right, of acclaim, you're made. It's like, you know what I'm saying, your favorite mob movies. You get made. When you're made, no one can touch you. And that's kind of what the case is with certain quarterbacks, even though you really don't even have to be, quote, unquote, made. Like, you don't have to earn any stripes, but again, I'm not even I'm not even complaining about that, right? Because again, I, I'm I've been conditioned. I'm used to it. But what I'm not used to are coaches, golden boy coaches. And the league is now little by little we're, we're being filled with these certain these coaches, right? Andy Reid got a huge monkey off his back by winning this past Super Bowl. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Andy Reid looks like he looks the way he does. And everybody would, 
for years, people killed Andy Reid, right? Despite the fact that he clearly was a, a bright offensive mind. Oh, uh, this is how funny it is, right? They used to kill Andy Reid for not running the ball. And he would always say, you know, screen passes are just like running. Here we are like 18 years later and people are like, hey, running the ball doesn't mean anything. You don't need to run the ball. You have to pass it. Oddly enough, that's a perfect segue to golden boy number two. Kyle Shanahan. And this has been my lasting takeaway of Super Bowl 54. Just like my lasting takeaway for, I guess it was Super Bowl 51, was the, the choke job that Kyle Shanahan did as the Atlanta Falcons offensive coordinator. You see, like, Andy Reid needed 20 years of success and one Super Bowl win to live down the Oh, he's a poor game management coach. He doesn't know clock management. He doesn't run the football enough. Candy Reed can't win the big one. Took him two decades, essentially, to, to beat that off. <laughs> to, to beat that type of narrative off, excuse me. <laughs> right? Whereas, I already see the... The defenders, like the minions, the surrogates for Kyle Shanahan being released. Dan Orzlovsky. And I like that. I I don't know about you guys. I actually enjoy the morning show get up. You know what I'm saying? I like I like Mike Greenberg. I just do. I don't know what it is. I followed him from Mike and Mike in the morning to get up. And one of the reasons, quick aside, that I like this show is that they got so much hell. The first however many months. They killed that show. Certain people made it a point to talk about how poor their ratings are. And again, I don't know why fans care about ratings, but whatever. Notice no one's talking about their ratings anymore. And it's been this way for a while. It's a really good show. I, I really enjoy it. So I like Dan Orslowski, despite the fact that I don't know what makes him this great quarterback guru. The same reason, you remember how they used to size and prop up Trent Dilfer. And I always thought to myself, why do they get the the B minus C plus quarterbacks and try to prop them up as like you have to listen to them? Like if Steve Young tells me something, I get it. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to Steve Young. When Dan Orslowski tells me that Joe Burrow is the next Steve Young, I'm like, fuck you, bro. I don't believe you. <laughs> you sucked for the Detroit Lions. If Tom Brady tells me some shit, I'll like, okay. I probably should listen. You understand what I'm saying? Smush Parker better not ever tell me. Like, that's why people have some such a big problem with Kendrick Perkins. When Kendrick Perkins gets up on the jump and is, like, giving his analysis, I'm like, Slim, I remember you, bro. <laughs> Don't bring that shit to me, Dan Orslowski. But whatever the case may be, no disrespect. Shout out to Dan Orslowski. He's not listening. Right, but he gets on this whole thing Monday morning. It's like, no, Kyle Shanahan did not lose the game for the San Francisco 49ers. It was Jimmy Garoppolo. Mind you, Dan Norslowski, the last two weeks, has been telling us how Jimmy Garoppolo can absolutely win the, the Super Bowl. And this is my whole point. We'll go into specific details and particular game plays and this, that, and the third. My ultimate problem with Kyle Shanahan is that he put trust into Jimmy Garoppolo. And even his trust was kind of iffy. Y'all remember the end of the first half, three timeouts, a minute and 40-some-odd seconds left in the half. They get the ball back to start the second half. And he was like, nah, I'm good. We're going to run this clock out. Because he was scared that Patrick Mahomes would get the ball back before the half. Like, all this dumb, like the mental gymnastics that you have to do. Ask yourself this question. If Andy Reid, much maligned, right? Poor game management, poor clock management, Andy Reid. If he had three timeouts with a minute and 40 plus seconds left in the half, and Patrick Mahomes was going to get the ball, do you think he would have just let the clock run out? Of course not. Because he has, when you have that guy or any of the top quarterbacks, you're like, no, unless you're Pete Carroll, who just 
clearly, for whatever reason, doesn't understand how great of a quarterback he has. But with that exception notwithstanding, when you have an elite-level quarterback, you actually want them to have the ball. You want them to make the play. Kyle Shanahan was like, nah, I'm good at the end of the first half. But for whatever reason, at the end of the game, despite the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo was trash the entire fourth quarter, he had supreme confidence to give Jimmy Garoppolo the ball. Like That doesn't make any sense. How is it too much of a too much to ask of him at the end of the first half? But then the entire fourth quarter, where I believe the 49ers ran 19 offensive plays, five of them. Five of them were runs. The same San Francisco 49ers who ran all up and down the NFC playoffs. The same San Francisco 49ers who were rushing in the Super Bowl at six yards a clip. <laughs> what are we talking about? Jimmy Garoppolo should have never been put in that place. I can't get mad at Smush Parker for missing however many game-winning shots, because he should have never been put in that position, right? You don't draw up a play for Kevin Knox or Isaac Bonga. You don't do that. You feel me? Get the ball to the guy that you know can hold it down. And all year long, the San Francisco 49ers offense has been a rushing attack. You saw what happened to the Niners defense. They were exhausted. You cover. It's one thing to ask any team to cover the, the Kansas City Chiefs skill possession players up and down the field throughout the game. It's a completely other different thing when Kansas City then goes to a hurry up offense. It's something entirely different when your offense finally gets the ball and they're going three and out, not stop, not running the clock at all because you keep throwing incomplete passes. And then a minute and a half later, 90 seconds later, you're back on the field trying to keep up with Tyreek Hill. Make no mistake. I'm not taking anything away from the Kansas City Chiefs. They earned that Super Bowl victory. They did 100%. They kept their foot in the door and eventually they kicked the door in. But my issue is Kyle Shanahan is the one who kept the door open for them. That game, after that second interception, you put the lock on. Lock the doors, put the chain on the joint, put your dog in front of the door and be like, what? I dare you to try to come in. It's over. But that's not what the Wonder Child did, right? Kyle Shanahan. You wouldn't believe how much anyone who lives in the D.C. metro area has had to hear about the greatness of Kyle Shanahan all NFL season long. I have no idea why. Actually, yes, I do. Because radio stations here just go out of their way to slurp anyone who has left the Redskins organization. Kyle Shanahan talked so much stuff about leaving Washington. Never, he and his daddy never want to accept like responsibility for what part they played in this entire fiasco, right? But Kyle Shanahan... Great coordinator. Went to Atlanta. Matt Ryan has never looked as good as he did the one year he played with Kyle Shanahan. But what was the lasting memory of Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta? 28-3. All you had to do was run the ball. And guess what? It wasn't like you weren't running, didn't have any success. Tom Brady could have still done everything that he did in that Falcon Super Bowl, but he would have just run out of time. Had Atlanta just not been dumb? And what happened this past Sunday? The almost exact same thing. No matter how great Patrick Mahomes was in that fourth quarter, he would not have had enough time to go 21 unanswered points halfway through a quarter. That's absurd. That's absurd. I don't care that Emmanuel said, like, Emmanuel Sanders had a step and had a touchdown pass. At that point, their 10-point lead was already erased. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo missed the throw, but that's just that's just it. He can't make those big throws. He can't. But you know what was working versus Kansas City? 
running the ball. They had Debo Samuels. I mean, they gave him the ball. Half the time that he made those runs, they were called, they were credited as pass plays anyways. Just give him the ball. Ty, they, they, they interviewed Honey Badger at the end of the game, and he was like, yo, I'm, we were all glad that they stopped running the ball because it was hard to defend. They had all that speed. Of course you wouldn't want Jimmy Garoppolo to make throws. Make throws that he has shown. Sometimes he can make them and sometimes he can't. It's a 50-50 proposition. You take that over a team just punch you in the mouth over and over and over again the same way that they actually got to the Super Bowl. Right? That's That was their calling card. Run game, defense. And they voluntarily walked away from that for a 50-50 proposition? Are you serious? If Kyle Shanahan looked like Andy Reid, we would be eviscerating him right now, and there wouldn't be anybody defending him. The people that I respect, I told you I like Dan Orslowski, despite the fact that, you know, he is not a quarterback who really deserves much. You know, I'm not going to knock the brother, man. Shout out to him. But also, Mina Kimes. I enjoy Mina Kimes. I think she's one of the best people who talk about the NFL game. She was defending it. Same way, though, right? Man, look, you had Kittles being defended by Terrell Suggs. So the play design was so beautiful, right? We give so much credit to these creative and uh, inventive offensive gurus that we just fall in love with the actual design and oh my gosh look how he manipulated the defense and he got the matchup that he wanted i'm sorry all that can be dope but there's one thing that we continue to forget the play could be run to perfection the play can look beautiful in the all 22s it could be the greatest uh manipulation in the play call and the greatest design that we've ever seen but at some point the player has to make the play and if you are the head coach and you are banking on your jimmy garoppolo or trent dilfer right oh what's my man name who plays for the used to play for the jaguars and now plays for the titans y'all know the old quarterback right Used to play receiver. I forget his name. His name is escaping me. But if you are begging on the game manager to make these great throws at a clip that's higher than 50-50, man, I'm sorry. You got to live with the results. I don't care how beautiful your design was. Kyle Shanahan banked on Jimmy Garoppolo. And for that, he has another choke job. Another one. And I want to see the football, the powers that be in the NFL, the people who cover that league, the people who write about that league, give that same energy that they gave Andy Reid for two decades, damn near. Two decades. They were on Andy Reid's ass. I want to see them do the exact same thing to the Golden Boy. Because if not, then the whole thing looks crazy. I want to hear what you guys think, though. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from Sunday's Super Bowl contest. And if you think that Kyle Shanahan deserves to be uh, the, um, I don't know, deserves to be criticized a little bit more harshly than he has been. Email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com or tweet at me at quarterly show. That's Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show. All right, guys, there's plenty more football and Super Bowl stuff to talk about with my cousin in the third third quarter. But I'm going to switch gears right now as we come up to the second quarter as the NBA All-Star Game once again takes a lot of headlines for no apparent reason. It's my second topic this week. Second quarter. I said in the intro this week the job bombers were pissing me off when it comes to the All-Star Game. Man, for like the last few weeks, I've been trying to just – guide everyone to be like yo the game is an exhibition the game does not mean much if anything there's no need to to be upset there's no need to cry foul right there's no need to be bothered by any of the i guess i don't even know selections 
for the all-star rosters, whether it be starters or reserves. But whatever, we saw what happened. Thursday was a mess. It was a mess, but it was beautiful, man, because you had general managers, agents, fiancés going all out, advocating for NBA players to play in an exhibition game that they don't even play hard in. Slim, that's the thing that bothers me the most. There's so much passion about a game that lacks passion. They've got these new rules now, and if you even care, you know how the rules are. I'm not going to repeat that. It's just whatever. It's like, Joe, you don't ever have to gin up a game if the two teams are playing or trying to play. Dog, you can walk to a black court right now, black top right now, and if two teams are going at it for real, you'll stop and watch. And we're not talking about LeBron's and Giannis's. We're talking about Dale's and... You know what I'm saying? Like Russell's on the court just playing. Regular dudes. Regular people. But if the game has passion, you don't need to have all this trick stuff. And that's the thing that bothers me the most about the All-Star game. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I know y'all are sick of hearing me talk about this. But one last time. The NBA needs to decide. Is the game for the fans? Is it an exhibition, a showcase for the fans, because if so, let the fans vote. Not for 50% of the starters. Let them vote for everybody. If it's just for the fans, and if it's not for the fans, if it's a true game, and if it's an honor to reward the best players who are having the best seasons this far, well, then honor the best players. But in doing so, have them play a real game. Have them play defense, not just for the first or for the final 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, but the entire game, like a real game. Have the coaches have a real roster. Like, yo, sorry, buddy, you were the fourth team guy, 13th guy on the roster. You're not getting minutes unless somebody's in foul trouble. Have the refs call fouls. Have the refs call traveling. Like, have it be a real game if we're going to do it for the honor. But this whole little fake in the middle Oh, it's for the fans, but it's also an honor. No, shut up. Shut up. I'm getting old. I know this is the get off my lines portion of the show, but damn it. Get off my motherfucking lawn, Joe. Seriously. I remember, honest, I remember the time when Michael Jordan was playing for the Wizards and the fans did not vote for him to start. And the media, members of the media were going after Vince Carter, telling him that he should, he should, take a reserve spot despite the fact that he was among the leading vote getters but this is my point michael jordan didn't care michael jordan didn't give a damn whether he was at the all-star game starting or off the bench he did not care i don't know when this whole this desire this need to be in the all-star game happened but it's been it's been here this wasn't the first year I remember about, what, four years ago, Damian Lillard, he was upset that he wasn't an all-star game. And I'm going to try to draw some distinctions. I'm not making excuses for Dame or Rudy Gobert last year. But I'm going to draw some distinctions between players in the past, or not the past, but this generation's players, and what happened this past week. And then ultimately, I'm going to tell you how I would fix the all-star game voting process because I'm sick of this. I'm done. This was, this was beyond annoying. So, you know, a handful of years ago, Damian Lillard had never made an All-Star game. Now, unlike some of the players this year, Damian Lillard has made the playoffs every year of his career. And I don't know if that continues this season, but he's had a long career thus far, right? Very successful career, and he's made the playoffs every year. So a few years ago, Damian Lillard had a great, you know, another great season, and he missed the play or missed the All-Star game, and he voiced his frustration. Now, again, I don't know why Bama's are so serious about the All-Star game, but as it was pointed out to me by someone who follows me, listen to the podcast, Nick. Uh, I don't want to pronounce your last name because I'm not going to say it right, but Nick hit me up and on my personal account, and he was like, yo, I think that these the All-Star game appearance means a lot to these players, and I fully admit that there could be a blind spot that I have, that this game just being 
um, a part of the all-star festivities, being around your peers, being around the best of the best. That just means a lot to these guys. And I could be completely missing the mark, insensitive completely. And if that's the case, man, my bad, Bart. But I don't, that's not, I don't know. Because if it means so much, why Alabama's not playing? I'm always going to circle back to that. <laughs> you know, if it means so much to you, why don't you treat it like it does? Why are you just bullshitting on the sidelines? Staring around, not playing deep? Like, why? But I digress, man, whatever. But Damian Lillard, right, upset a few years ago that he had never made an All-Star game. Despite the fact that he always made the playoffs. This is key now. Fast forward to last year, Rudy Gobert. Y'all know him, one of my favorite players in the league, but he cried. Now, the brother's from France, you know, things are just different. But he cried that he missed the All-Star game. Mind you, Rudy Gobert, again, consistently, 50-win seasons, consistently in the playoffs, has made the play or has advanced the playoffs two times in the last, I think, three years. So, again, Rudy Gobert, bong. Has a certain level of success. Rudy Bear has been all NBA. Damian Lillard has been all NBA. Okay. These guys have had a certain level of success, but at that point, they had never made it to the all star game. And now we come to this season. I just was, I was amazed when I saw James Jones, the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, write a letter complaining about Devin Booker not being an all star. James Jones, your team is not making the playoffs. You spent a lot of money this offseason. You had the number one pick in the draft this last year. Y'all passed up on Luka. <laughs> you feel me? You should be focusing on other things. Why are you tripping right now off of an all-star game? Devin Booker, you have never made the playoffs in your entire career. I have never heard you voice this level of frustration about missing the playoffs as you did about missing the All-Star game. They interviewed this man, I mean, he's talking about, man, it's a different NBA than what I fell in love with. It's all political. Slim, new rule. If you are going to say something is political, understand what that means. Where is the politics of you not making the All-Star game? How is that a political move? What are you talking about, bruh? You understand what I'm saying? Look look at the guards who made the playoffs or look at the, uh, the All-Star game over you. Where? Okay, now I get it. I think you should probably make it over Russell Westbrook. You understand? But coaches have been this way consistently. They reward winning. This is not new. So all the fans out there who are talking about, oh, well, Trey Young didn't make the All-Star game. They're one of the worst teams in the league. The coaches didn't vote for the starters. Do y'all not, not understand how this process goes? The fans have 50% of who makes the starting lineup. The players vote for 25%. The media votes for another 25%. In the Western Conference, the fans got it right, bro. They voted for Luka. They voted for Harden. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> if you think you're having a better season than either one of them, I don't know what to tell you. Then the coaches vote for the reserves. So we had Dame. Just talked about him. Donovan. One of the best teams in the league. Can't really get mad at that. Russ, again, I get why you would be a little bit frustrated at Russ. But again, coaches are consistent. They only reward winning. And Phoenix, y'all not winning, brother. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. And in the Eastern Conference, we had Bradley Bill. And Slim. <laughs> Bradley Bill, I don't even like, I don't even like being disrespectful. I don't even like being critical to Bradley Bill because of my past. I say this all the time, right? I say this all the time. Anytime I talk about Bradley Bill, good or bad or indifferent, I was super wrong about Bradley Bill years ago. So I always want to put that disclaimer out there first, okay? But he gets so mad that he misses the team. That he doesn't speak to the media after the game. But you know who does speak on his behalf? His fiance and his agent. And I'm just thinking to myself, bro, y'all didn't make the playoffs last year. 
I've never heard you get, I've never heard you this upset before, ever. I've never heard your wifey come out firing shots. She was killing everybody. Never heard your agent. I'm just thinking to myself, bro, what's happening here? You could have made all NBA last season. You didn't. You didn't say a word. And what's going on? So like, I reached my limit. I was like, all right, bet. This is it. I'm done. Here's how you fix the all-star game process. Now, the first thing should be the NBA. Is it a showcase for the fans or is it an honor? Make the distinction now because every time I watch the game, and I don't watch the game anymore. I should say that. It's been about three years since I watched the All-Star game, right? But when I did, and the way it's being built still to this day, it's just a showcase. It's an exhibition. It's for the fans. It's fun. And da, 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 da. If that's the case, cool. No problem. If it's for the fans, let the fans vote for all of it, man. And don't ridicule the fans. Don't have people on TV dismissing and being dismissive of the fans. Like, oh, that's nasty. If you want, if it's a for, if it's an exhibition, a showcase for the fans, then damn it, let the fans vote. If it's not, if it's not, if it's about honor and the most deserving and who's the best players and who's contributing, whatever the case then make sure that they understand that they are there to play a game. They're not there to play around. Make the game a game. It's one or the other. That's the first thing that needs to happen. But put that to the side. Here's how you fix the All-Star game. Currently, you have the fans, the coaches, members of the media, and other players decide who makes the All-Star game in some way, shape, or form. Keep those same four pillars, but just shake things up, okay? Coaches, I get it. Coaches probably pass this off to the assistants, and everybody's focused on winning for their team. They don't care about the all-star game. So just make this real simple. The coaches, they don't get to pick who makes the team or not. The coaches, they have one job, and they're the first line of defense. They pick a pool. You wanted it to be 35, you wanted it to be 40, maybe you wanted it to be 50. You pick the number. But the coaches select a pool of players who are eligible to make the all-star team. So this completely eliminates fan votes for Taco Fall or Alex Caruso or, you know, Jeremy Lin or whatever the case, or Steph Curry, who's not playing this year. Boom, eliminates all that. The coaches are selecting the players and you put them into a pool. And of this 40 to 50, however you want to break it down, these are the only people who can be voted for on the all-star team. So, like, now you can vote for every player in the league. Now you can't do that anymore. You have to wait for the, the coaches to, to create this all-star pool. Pool of players. These are the only people you can vote for. So the hashtag, you can still do that, but it has to be of the, the 40 or so players that the coaches have selected. Boom. The fans get to pick all 26 All-Stars, however, from this pool. So the coaches have deemed, hey, these are the best players or the players who are having the most impact on their teams this year. Positive impact. And then the fans get to vote there. They have complete control. 13 Eastern Conference. And it doesn't even have to be broken down evenly among conferences, right? 26 players. Doesn't have to be 13 from the East versus 13 from the West. Nope. The best 26 players. Because I'm sick and tired of seeing teams who, who are trash getting all-star nods just because. Hey, whatever. The fans get to vote for all 26. Then we turn to the players, right? The players, the first two, the top two vote-getters, just like it is now, are captains. But they don't do it on television. They do it the Friday night before the all-star game. All-Star Friday night. Two captains, just how we used to do it, you know, on the blacktop, right? You pick, I pick. So the players, two captains, pick the starters, and then they pick their reserves as well. And we see that. That's televised. All right? So then you have your All-Star teams. The players pick the starters. The fans get the all the vote for every single player. And the coaches... Select the pool of players, whether it be 35 to 50, whatever number you want, 
They determine which players are eligible to be all-stars. But here's the added incentive, right? Here's the new little kink that we have into this idea for myself. Because players are getting up in the uproar about the all-star game and how much it means to them. Well, if it means that much to you, we're going to use it. There's going to be a one-on-one tournament. I think you guys have heard it from Damian Lillard. You know, he's had a great idea about having a one-on-one tournament. It's been talked about before, Dame, but I think Dame has brought new life to the idea, the eye concept for All-Star Saturday night. If the All-Star game means so much to you guys, then we're going to do it just kind of like hockey does. If you don't participate in the All-Star festivities, particularly in this one, you get suspended without pay. I think in hockey, it's just one game. I don't even know if they get suspended without pay, but they get suspended. In the NBA, I think it should be three games without pay if you miss this, this little festivity that I'm about to say, the one-on-one competition. And here's where the the media members have a say. They get to pick whether it's a best of 18, eight-man one-on-one competition, 10-man one-on-one competition, whatever the case may be. They pick the eight or 10 guys in the one-on-one competition, and you must participate. I don't want to hear about how important the All-Star game is, and then we do all these things for the, you know, to be a part of the All-Star festivities, and then Mama's like, no, nah, I'm not trying to play. Nope. You got to play, you're going to eat that three-game suspension. And you have a one-on-one competition, Saturday night, and you call it the Kobe Bryant one-on-one tournament. Whatever you want to do, you get to honor Kobe Bryant. It's a one-on-one tournament. So you have your LeBrons, you have your Giannis's, your Kyrie's, your Paul George's, your uh, Kawhi Leonard's, your Damian, your Damian Lillard's, Westbrook's, or whoever, whoever you want to add on to it, right? The top, the media gets to pick the eight to ten players that they want to see in this one-on-one competition, and then on All Star Saturday night, just like with the dunk contest, just like with the three-point shootout, and just like with the skills competition, you have a one-on-one tournament. To see who's the king of the court, baby. Tell me that joint ain't ill. Tell me that's not dope. Everybody's happy. Everybody has a say. And then y'all, everybody can just shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> what can't happen again is fiancés going on the radio and then going on Twitter, killing folks, talking, taking shots at Trey Young, innocent bystander, right? Because they man didn't make the all-star team. You serious? Make the playoffs. How are you more upset that you missed the All-Star game than you are that you missed the playoffs? That doesn't make any sense to me. Help me understand. Please email me at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. Let me know if you like my idea. Let me know if you think my idea is trash. Or better yet, let me know how you would improve the all-star game process email me or tweet at me at quarterly show that's q-u-a-r-t-e-r-l-e-e show that's on twitter all right y'all we're gonna keep things moving no halftime this week but don't fret we'll have a new halftime episode for next week's show but there's just so much to talk about so much to discuss obviously the super bowl all-star votes and so much more so we're going to keep the show moving man no pauses we've already made the second half adjustments and we're ready to rock and roll with my cousin who's making his triumphant return sadiq abdul all right joining me this week is someone who's making his return to the show y'all know him as my cousin sadiq abdul he is a reporter sports analyst from the dc area deke what's going on bro hey cuz how you doing man how y'all doing out there <laughs> you already know what time. You already know what time it is, man. A lot of stuff going, of stuff going on in the sports world, and again, it's been a while since you've been on the show, so we're going to remind everyone. And I got to, and I got to, I got to give it up to you. You know, throughout the times that we've done this and my crazy, you've been right more times than I've been right. I got to give, I got to give you that love. Definitely want to acknowledge that. Yeah. Hey, I'm watching Brandon Ingram the other day, and I'm like, damn, I was all the way wrong about Bi. Everybody's been wrong about him. I'm trying to tell you, he's about to go in another two years. You're gonna see really what he's at. Yeah, the Pelicans yeah, got something nice going nice on there. Everybody, everybody, everybody can stay healthy. I like their little nucleus of young yep. players that they got. But um, but um, the game is very, the game is very simple. I give you some of my hot takes on sports. Uh huh. 
and you let me know. And you let me I'm know crazy. if I'm crazy. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. There we go. The there we go. The first one in the first quarter I talked about, obviously, the biggest topic that anybody's going to talk about in sports this week. Super Bowl 54 is in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs led by Patrick Mahomes had an amazing fourth quarter comeback. And not to take anything away from the Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes, because they actually still had to make the plays. But Kyle Shanahan. The quote-unquote golden boy, the guy who got all this love and attention and affection all year long, for the second time in, what, four-year span, he choked in the Super Bowl. Tell me if I'm crazy or not. Um, I'm going to say you're crazy. Only because, only because I would give the first Super Bowl the choke title. That was definitely a choke job. You're up 28-3. to three. Uh, Yesterday, I'm not sure if it really choked. It seemed like Kansas City just made plays, actually. Because, all right, after they got that first interception with about nine minutes left, and it's 20 to 10, this is off the tip, uh, pass that came off like Tyreek's shoulder, a little bit of forearm, and it bounced up to the safety. Yeah. And he had a, San Fran had a three and out. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, they ran it on that first down, right? Did it get stuffed or was something? So I think they passed on second down, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Yeah. But it was whatever the three and out was, it actually wasn't bad play calling. It's just mm-hmm. Kansas City actually stepped up. All right. So here's why. That's what I'm saying. Let's give, let's give more credit. That's, this is what we do all the time. We're all trying to find blame or something and, oh, who did this? No, I'm sorry. Let's just give 100% of the credit to Kansas City. As simple as that. Let's just give them a credit. They actually went and won this game late. They turned it on, and they started making the plays they had to. I don't, I don't feel like Shanahan uh, choked in this one. Of course, some plays could have went his way. And if they, if those same plays that he called went his way, they looked like a genius. You know, I don't, I don't feel like it was actually choke job. But what, what's your take on it, though? So here's where I'm coming from, right? I 100% agree with you that the Chiefs still had to make plays, right? But I look at it like this. Kyle Shanahan left the door open. After that second interception by Mahomes, that should have been a wrap. You talk about making the plays. The 49ers are the ones who made the plays. I understand that Kansas City defense had two interceptions as well. That last interception is kind of like, you know, that's yeah, he just chucked it up. The two interceptions that San Francisco made, them joints was like legit. Like what, that yeah. whole game, even the past, they were game winning type of interceptions. Like those are the ones that, that change games and win. For sure, yeah. e- even the pass to Tyreek Hill on a big third and third or fifteen, Mahomes didn't look good all game except for like when he needed to. And I'm not taking anything away from him, but when you said like they make the plays, San Francisco made the plays too. And what my issue is with Kyle Shanahan, you made the point. First down, they had a run for a game of five. So it's second and five, right? They were running on average. Of, they had an average yards per rush of six yards per carry. We all know what time it is with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Similar to the Atlanta thing. Now, obviously, the score was much worse, right? But in the Atlanta game, all you had to do was run the ball. In the fourth quarter, they had the, the yeah. in the fourth quarter, San Francisco ran 19 plays. Only five of them were runs. You don't have Patrick Mahomes back there. There's no reason why you shouldn't run the ball. They was killing them with the run. It wasn't really, like I said, it wasn't a choke job. Maybe you can get that second down. It should have been a run play instead of a pass play. But maybe Kansas City was looking for that too. So he kind of outsmarted himself. That's not a choke. That's more of, that's more of just like Kansas City making a play. Because if he completes that, they get a first down, everything. Like, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not, no, just, you know, but like going back to the New England one. That's a complete choke because they've already showed that as far as the time goes, if Atlanta would have kneeled the ball on every play of the fourth quarter right. instead of running instead of running any plays, just kneel the ball, kneel the ball, kneel the ball, punt, kneel the ball, kneel the ball, kneel the ball, punt, kept doing that the whole they would have won the game because of the way the clock situation was. So that's a that's a legit uh uh choke job. That's the greatest choke job in NBA in sports history. It's not on that level, but you up to again Patrick Mahomes was not playing well. You should... And that's the thing. He was not playing well, but that's what the greats do. This is why he's MVP last year, the first, first time ever playing. Or, you know, first – I don't think that's ever happened in history that soon your first year you win MVP. Who does that? Like, he just got on the field. So that's the boy. He's different, man. It's simple as that. You got to close the door. Don't get me wrong. You're right. You got to close the door on him. You got to shut him. You know what I'm saying? They, had, they held him the rest of the game. They gotta, you got to shut the door on him. But – if it's any type of opening, I mean, he's going to take off. He's that dynamic. The boy is just amazing. And nah, I, I sometimes give him all the credit to Kansas City. Their defense made the plays they had to, and he made the plays offensively they had to. 
I just know when I see Tyron Matthew at the end of the game and he was like, yo, when they stopped running the ball and started passing it, we all were happy. And I'm just thinking to myself, you go to the dance, go to the game, go down swinging with your style. Don't switch up. And that's what I feel Kyle Shanahan did. Okay, well, I don't see it that way. I don't see it. I mean, he might have he might have just changed up one or two plays, but that I'm say I just don't I don't equate that to a choke. I can't I can't use that word for him on this one. All right, y'all. Once again, I'm joined by my cousin Sadiq Abdul, man, sporter, sports reporter, analyst in the D.C. area, man, and making his return to the Quarterly Report podcast, letting me know how crazy I am with some of my sports takes. All right, Deke. So, <laughs> so my second one, we're gonna switch gears up, man. We're gonna we're gonna get about the the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about the All Star Game. I literally just talked about um, how the whole All Star format has been kind of nuts and this past week i just had enough about players players who haven't had success on any some some players who haven't had any type of success as a professional Devin booker included and then some guys who swear they're leaders who will tell you who will tell you in every single interview that they are how much of a leader they are their yeah. team isn't making the playoffs in the east i'm talking about bradley bill now and he yeah. won't talk to the media but his fiance will and his agent will I'm so done with this all-star game and how the format is. I think the NBA should just do a complete overhaul and change how this thing is done. Do you think that's too extreme? Am I crazy for overreacting so much? Um, No, you're not. I'm actually with you on this one because, like, it's it's kind of ridiculous how these guys react. Because, one, if you're not winning at all, you shouldn't even – just as a competitor, you shouldn't even want to be an all-star. I think you prove it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if we all talk about, you know, may he rest in peace, this has been the week of Kobe, you right. know, passing and everything, and we talk about his greatness and all that. Like, let's be real. If they decided to be like Kobe, we're not going to make you an all-star because your team is 16 and 42. He might actually be like, you know what? You're right. I don't deserve it. Now, I'm, let me get into the lab and go hard this summer yeah. and show you what. You know, that's the mamba mentality that everybody keeps talking about. So, therefore, you can't be all, and that shows that, like, I don't know, if I'm, a, if I'm a teammate of this guy right now, you know, the guys are all upset, but yet we're losing, and you're supposed to be our leader. You know, I'm doing the air quotes, can't nobody see it. You know, but it's like, you're saying that you're our leader, then get us there. You know what I mean? Like, like be our leader and, and get us to the promise land. Get us to the playoffs. Get us get us wins. And then you're an all-star. But other than that, just because you drop a few buckets, it's easy to drop buckets in this new league. You know, no handshake, no nothing's going on. You go to the free throw line for any little thing. You can travel. You can do everything you want to do. It made the game more appeasing to fans as far as the ones that aren't really basketball fans. They trying to make it where they can they can make it global. Yeah. So therefore, they want points. So therefore, dropping thirty points or averaging twenty eight is nothing anymore because you know what's the big deal if you averaging twenty eight and you still lose? Like it's kind of funny to me because they they had. Um, Show some of Brad's highlights, like, oh, he got snubbed or something. So all the highlights I saw, so, if you look at the score at the bottom, the thing we're losing about, like, 16. <laughs> so he's dropping, he dropping threes. He's making crossovers behind his back. Everything looks pretty, but we lose him. Yeah. So, like, it, it, I, don't, I don't get that at all. It's like, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't want him to make I don't want him to make all-star team. I want to see what type of dog he has in his heart now. Can you get us to the playoffs now? Right. That's what we get us to play. And say, same thing with Booker. Like, and honestly, if that's a new precedent in right now, because obviously it is, they didn't reward anybody that was unhealthy, you know, that everybody was injured. Because right. let's be real, you can make a whole star team with just the guys that they missed. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns Kyrie. was off. Yeah. Paul George Paul oh. was off. Yeah. Um, Book, Booker, Kyrie, Real. That's a starting five right there that's definitely an all-star team. Yeah. But now they're starting to say you have to be on the floor and you have to be getting wins when you're on the floor to be an all-star. And I respect that. The only thing I want to do is change the format, though. I would like to, uh, I think with Jeff Van Gunn, somebody made the statement that instead of 12 players, it should be 15, only because there are three, you know, there, there's uh, um, the NBA All-Team, you right. know, the one, two, and three, yeah. that's, 15, that's 15 players. So at yeah. least 15 on each side. They do need to do that, though. I will, because, I mean, worst case, let's say it like this. There's 30 teams in the league. Let's say each team just had one All-Star. That's 30 players. Yep. So yep. They, they, at least need to, they at least need to upgrade to that. But other than that, I'm still cool with those. Those three that get added on, I'm okay with those three being having to be for winning teams still, though. Once again, guys, I'm joined by my cousin Sadiq Abdul, man, sports analyst, man, former promoter, man, a man about town, D.C. born and bred. He's letting me know if I'm crazy or not with some of my takes. 
Dig finally here, man. We're going to go back kind of sort of to the NFL. I've been watching ESPN, and it seems like everyone is kind of on. I don't want to say on the Pat Mahomes bandwagon because, like you said, his first really just two years, because I ain't going to count the year that he redshirted. His first two years, he's doing stuff that's unprecedented. But I've seen things where they say that Pat Mahomes is destined to have four Super Bowls and that Pat Mahomes is the most valuable athlete in all of sports. I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. There's times when I watch him play, and I'm just like, my mouth is just like, I can't believe what I just saw. And, you know, you and I, we of the age where we saw Dan Marino. We've seen Brett Favre, Steve Young. We've seen the best of the Aaron Rodgers. We've seen the best of the best. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes won't get there. But am I crazy for telling people just to chill and just enjoy the journey? Don't put the on him that he's the best player of all time right now. Am I crazy? Yeah, you crazy. You hate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real. Look, look, I'm not even a fan of his. I'm not a fan of the Chiefs and all that. But I'm gonna tell you when I do see greatness, it's certain players. But like I say, I hate to say it all the time because this is the major factor. It's always injury. But barring injury, yes, I can see him getting played like. Like, like, Amar had a great year this year, but let's say Pat don't miss those four or five games. That MVP is, is a battle. I would say that's a battle. So he might win MVP two straight years, your first two years, grand. Going back to the first conversation about the Super Bowl, you've never seen this before. I'm going to tell you, he and Trevor Lawrence, whenever he gets to the NFL, are different. I'm telling you, I tell you, I see something about Trevor Lawrence with a point where like he learns the game and all that. He's the same way. Those two are just different. Like I haven't, I thought, I thought uh, Jared Goff was good. I thought other players, some of these young guys, really good here and there. Mahomes is different though. And and yeah, so people statement he can get four Super Bowls and all that. Honestly, I don't see why not. I mean, because all he's going to do is gain more and more experience, and then he's going to get winning experience to where he's not scared of any moment. You know what I mean? Once he gets over. I mean, I guess he wasn't scared anyway because he was actually about to beat uh, Brady last year in his first year yeah. if he got the ball maybe. So if nothing is – if you have nothing that's going to scare him and hold him – like, what's, what's holding him back? Honestly, why wouldn't he get four two-bowls? So obviously you're hating right here. No, nah, this not hating. Yeah. Watch, watch this. Watch, watch how I do this. Watch how I do this. You just said uh-huh. you've seen Trevor Lawrence and you said, yo, he's different too. He's not in the league yet. So that's just one extra guy that you have to go through. And – and hold on, 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 hold on. And don't forget, Patrick Mahomes is still on his rookie deal. He about to get paid, paid this offseason. So when he gets paid, when he gets paid, you're not going to be able to have the Tyrese, the Sammys, the Kelseys, all these super weapons that they have. The math gets crazy once the one guy, and they talking about he's going to get like 200 million, like $40 million annually. Like he going, and he's deserving it. He deserves it. I'm not knocking that brother at all. But to automatic Aaron Rodgers before Patrick Mahomes, it was Aaron Rodgers for me. I was like, dog, this dude throwing hail marys for game winning throws, and he did it more than one time. Aaron Rodgers has been to one Super Bowl, just one. It's hard. It's hard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, um, it is hard. People could. I mean, you make a point. They could pump the brakes a little bit, but he's still different. Even if even if him and Trevor Lawrence battle. He's going to be basically what they're saying is he's not going to win four Super Bowls, that type of stuff, but he actually could. Like, say he has a 15 year career, you know, 16 year career, all right? Are you right. telling me he has another 14 years to go? You don't see him winning another three to four Super Bowls? Like, come right. on, man. He might, get, he might get there and lose. Yes, he might get there and lose every once in a while, or he might lose the AFC championship game or something like that. Yes, he'll lose Tyreek. He'll lose the Kelsey's and the people that cost money. He might, get, he might just keep one weapon sooner or later because everybody will get older. But his arm would still be what it is. Sure. Look, think about it. They got harm. As long as that's where you need to pay the scouting team and, your, and the people that draft them. Because now, if you pay him all that, draft these good uh, rookies, so you got him right. for four years or something. Because right. harm, think about harm. He's just as fast as, uh, well, he's not just as fast, but he he's is close. legit. Yeah, he's close to Tyreek. So, therefore, you got him for four years. Now you grab somebody else and at, the, at the end of his third year, so now he's getting gaining some of the experience for that one year. Nah. It's, it's ways to do it, man. It's so many kids out here right now throwing the ball in the street, playing play football. You're going to always have football players that's coming up. All right, y'all. Once again, it seems like I'm a bit crazy with some of my takes, but we can thank my cousin, Sadiq Abdul, for that. Again, Deke making his return to the Quarterly Report podcast. He's a sports analyst, promoter in the D.C. area, man. Deke, 
You already know what time it is, man. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Quarterly Report. Yes, sir. All love, because I appreciate it. All right, y'all. Three quarters are now in the books, which means we are down to our final quarter. So we're going to finish the show up strong with our fourth topic this week. Fourth quarter. Yo, I hate that it has to be him. I truly do, but it's one of the things about this show, man. I have to keep it funky with y'all, man. When you hear Wankster, for those of you who are new to the listening to this show, that means that it's a segment that I like to call Sports Wankster. And Sports Wankster essentially is based off the line from Wankster where fifth goes, damn, homie. In high school, you were the man, homie. What the fuck happened to you, right? It's a glorious line. That line is so dope, man, because I remember some times, Joe, I've been out in a bar, and I see somebody who was at my high school, dude used to go to my high school, and you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, Slim, what happened to you, brother? We've all had this kind of, this that thought come across our minds before, man, and it was just so eloquently put by Fifth that I had to make it a segment in my show. Now, the sports wankster is just taking that idea and applying it to the sports world. So we have Hall of Fame members, inductees into the sports wankster Hall of Fame. Freddie Adu, first ballot. Lenny Cook, first ballot. Steve Francis, Carmelo, you understand? Damn it, I even put Jai in there. <laughs> you understand? You know what I'm saying? Jai is not even an athlete, but Slim, come on. And this week I'm doing something similar it's not really an athlete, but it has a sports tie, okay? The sports tie is after the Super Bowl, whichever station, whichever network carries the Super Bowl, there's this big kind of prime position. Like, which show gets the alley-oop? Who gets the, the post-Super Bowl television spot, right? Because typically, these are like shows that that station really believes in, like famously... Family Guy had that position. I think House had that position on Fox. You understand what I'm saying? So, like, shows that the network actually believes in. And oftentimes, these shows do really, really well. Thanks in part to the alley-oop that that network gives you having that stage. Now, this year, Fox also had, obviously, the Super Bowl. And this year, in that prime position, was a show called The Masked Singer. Now, a little bit context for you all i am not a fan of the mass singer i've never watched it but probably maybe two or three times the first time my brother-in-law he's watching it we, i'm over my sisters i'm over their house we about to leave it's on right and it was last season i, I, I believe and it was a dude i forget what it was called and he's talking he's tall and he's talking about all these little hints and i look up right hand to god first time i've ever seen this show i'm like oh that's oladipo so I'm thinking I won the joint, like, right, oh, man, I know who this man is off the rip. And he's like, no, 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 that's not even how it is. It's like a singing competition. So I'm I'm all confused because I don't know why these mamas dressed up in this. I don't get the show. But as life would have it, my daughter loves this show. You understand what I'm saying? So she and my brother-in-law, along with myself and my sister, we kind of get along, watch the show on family time, yada, yada, yada. The show's just not for me. But for whatever reason, it's successful. And Fox gave it the alley-oop, put it on right after the Super Bowl. So I see that it's on. My daughter's long gone. She already asleep. So I'm like, bet. I'm about to go to sleep. I'm not watching this joint. Go to sleep. Boom. I wake up the next day, and I'm seeing Mad singing Little Wayne. And I'm thinking to myself, huh? Now, I'm not really the biggest Wayne fan anymore. You know, his style of music, I feel like I've kind of just grown out of it. But Wayne holds a special spot for me because, you know, the drought mixtape, lights out, I was still cool with. 500 degrees, I wasn't the biggest fan. But the Carter, Little Wayne's always going to have the first Carter. Like, to me, first Carter, holy grail, man. It's one of the, it's one of those, you know what I'm saying? Face off, trap music, you understand? Like, riding dirty. You have, there's certain albums that I'll just kind of put up there. Nothing touches Equimini, right, for me at least. Nothing touches Equimini. Nothing touches Lord Willen or Hell Hath No Fury. But outside of those three, and I guess you could put Riding Dirty up there as well. But outside of those four, like those are like the holy grail. But then 
right? A step below, you have the Carter. Classic album. Classic. And so I, I rate Lil Wayne in my head. And I know he's not the rapper that he once was. I know he just put an album out. And like I said, I don't listen to his music like that anymore or his new music. I always still rock with the old stuff. But I don't listen to his new music anymore. But in my mind, Lil Wayne is still like this superstar. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm like, Lil Wayne, Mad Singer, maybe that's the name of the song on his new album. I know he just dropped something on Friday. Bomb. Okay. But in my timeline, I just kept on seeing Robot, Robot, Lil Wayne, Robot, Mad Singer. And lo and behold, if Lil Wayne's ass wasn't on the Mad Singer. And to me, I'm like, damn, homie, <laughs> like, homie, you too big for that show. Why are you doing the Masked Singer? I was perplexed. I'm thinking to myself, Wayne is one of the game's greats. I can't ever imagine Jay-Z. I can't ever imagine Nas. You understand? I can't ever imagine Dr. Dre. Or, like, none of the mamas on that show. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dog, Wayne, know your place, brother. <laughs> Not only are you on this show, you get, I was, I, I couldn't believe it. Because in my mind, the mass Singer is for B or C-list celebrities, right? Or famous singers who are past their prime, but singers, right? So, like, they had Patti LaBelle and Seal, right? They not dropping anything anymore. No, like you know, those are greats. Put you, you treat them with the necessary respect. But it's a different era, different age. I can't ever picture. I couldn't fathom Little Wayne being there, right? Like Victor Oladipo was somebody who's still on now. He's like in the prime, but you know he's injured, so that's why he's doing it. But like he's a super, like he's a star. All NBA last time he played in a full season. Like Victor Oladipo is legit, and he can sing. That made sense to me. But Lil Wayne, I was like, Slim, hold yourself up to a standard. Like, Lil Wayne means a lot to me, Slim. You understand? Lil Wayne means a lot to a lot of people. I don't listen to, like, a lot of the new stuff. But damn near all of these dudes rapping now are Lil Wayne's sons. You feel me? So it's not like he he's washed or he's, like, a forgotten. He clearly has... Some cachet. And then he was on the Mass Singer. Oh my God. With Nick Cannon and the dude from uh my man from the, the movie. Was it the, the hangover? Oh my god. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So slim. I hate that it had to be you, Wayne, but bro, homie. Damn homie. At high school for real. At high school, you were the man, Slim. Oh, the hot boys, the hot boys, they all slow. Wayne had Wayne been on for decades, and this is how it goes down. I'm heartbroken. Slow, I can't believe it. <sighs> I hate that I had to be you, Wayne, but damn it, I guess, I guess at some point the bell tolls for all of us, right? Be damn, you see my ass on some fake ass Fox <laughs> reality TV show, but whatever, whatever floats your boat. If you like it, I love it. But I hope that you all love this episode of the Quarterly Report Podcast. As always, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank my guest this week, my cousin, Sadiq Abdul. And I want to thank each and every one of you all who've ever wrote a review, wrote a question into me, or wrote down your thoughts on the podcast. I love and appreciate all of you guys. And for those of you who haven't, it's still love for you too. But hey, let's go on and do that for me as well, man. Go ahead and head on over to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, pod knife or wherever else you listen to podcasts wherever you can hear my voice do me a favor man write down a review let me let your friends let the world know why you like the quarterly report podcast and why you tune in to me each and every tuesday i'll see you guys back here next tuesday for another episode of the quarterly report <laughs>